Hello out there. This is Pamela Fagan Hutchins coming to you from Bauchercon 2019, the 50th anniversary for Wine, Women, and Writing. And uh, for those of you that regularly tune into the video cast or the podcast, you already know this, but hang in there while I explain that this is a show where I like to talk with other authors about their characters, primarily their books. I'm really fascinated by what makes a character spring to life, what makes their complexity, their authenticity, and um, that's what we're going to be doing today. So hold that thought while I send you out real quick to the website, PamelaFaganHutchins.com. The page is Wine, Women, and Writing. Go out there and never take a chance that you're going to miss an episode. You can subscribe to the RSS feed to come straight to your favorite device, totally free. This is just all about, you know, authors helping other authors and helping readers discover new books and new people to follow. So I don't charge you for it. But if you love it and you want to help support women in the arts and you want to see a show like this continue, you're welcome to click the link to go out and sponsor. It doesn't hurt my feelings, but totally optional. So let's get to the good stuff today, and that is that last night I had the pleasure of being introduced by mutual friends to um, a writer that I am so excited to get to know more about and to read myself, and that's Christine Carbo. So Hi. welcome. Hi. Thanks for having me here. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. Last night, um, one of the women that had already been on the show kind of decided after she'd had a few drinks to be my stringer to basically go around and start inviting people to the show and I think people were a little bit gobsmacked to be approached in a bar when everyone is really a couple of drinks into the evening yeah and um, and so it's been a lot of fun for me to see which of them were then brave enough to come see what they'd signed up for so Christine is one of those brave people brave soul, yeah. <laughs> exactly exactly so a couple of things that I found fascinating about Christine and we're going to talk about without my big honking rings because I'm hitting the table with them is that she is practically my neighbor since I live in northern Wyoming and she lives in northern basically Mont northwest Montana, Montana northwest which is a hellacious number of hours apart but is practically next door yeah so I love that in terms of yeah Montana and Wyoming distances <laughs> they're they're that far from everywhere I yeah. mean they're ten times that far from everywhere and so you live near Glacier I do, yeah. I live near Glacier National Park and in a little town called Whitefish, Montana, which is a great little ski town. A lot of people know about it for that reason. And uh, Great Lakes, and it's just a beautiful area. And Glacier is a place that I absolutely adore and love. I've, I've hiked thousands of miles in that park and spent a lot of time in that on that landscape. And so when I decided that I was gonna write some crime fiction, I if I, you know, for a while I was like, where am I going to set crime fiction? Like, I don't live in a city. I don't live, you know, in like some really um, interesting English countryside kind of, <laughs> you know, atmospheric Dublin or, you know, crime ridden city that's super yeah. fun and exciting and sexy and all that stuff. So I thought, does anyone really want to read about like where I live? And then it, the light bulb kind of went off like, oh, my gosh, I live right next to Glacier National Park, which has millions of visitors every year. It's really kind of a haunting, stunning place as well. It's not just yeah. the beauty of it. It's also quite desolate in places and quite, it's very atmospheric and very haunting. So it was, I found it the perfect place to set the kind of crime fiction I write, which is, you know, um, novels of suspense, um, Oft, a little bit of procedure in there, procedural kind of stuff, and but also very 
um, character-driven stuff. Yeah. So there's a lot of introspection as well, and I find that the landscape suits that as well as the the action. I think it when you when you put someone in the midst of nature, desolation and danger from it that. It happens naturally. It yeah. happens naturally. They yeah. have to look inward, right? And yeah. so I think it gives you a wonderful chance to create yeah. great characters, which is why I'm so excited to go read these books. These yeah. these are on Thank the short you. list of what I'm going to go read when um when I get back um from the conference. So you picked Glacier. And so at that point, did you already have a story in mind or where do you get the actual plots um, that you incorporate into the Uh, stories? You know, getting ideas is, um, I think it's just uh, one of those nebulous things for authors where sometimes it might come from a magazine article, something interesting that you've read that stuck with you or a real incident or... um, maybe a poem you've read or even a song you've heard there's a line it's it's just all it can be all over the place and some people i find are just like these idea bins like like james patterson i could do this i could do that and (laughs) ideas are flashing right and left in their brains and i'm not that person Mm -hmm. i it's actually quite painful for me to come up with an idea it's like a long process where i really need to find the right idea the one that i can spend a whole year of my life with writing um, and be invested in and so I want to find the right idea and so often I look for things that have stuck with me like yeah like like it might be an article that I've read that just kind of three years later I still remember that article I read about that guy or that woman or that that did this or that situation or maybe um, maybe it really tugged on my heartstrings like my latest book it's called a sharp solitude um, there was a, uh, and, and this happens in Montana, happens in Wyoming, um, but there's a lot of accidental shootings where a little kid gets their parents' guns that aren't locked up or whatever, and there's an accidental shooting. Well, I had read this article that, about a child in Florida who had done that and how it affected their life. And so when I wrote A Sharp Solitude, I had taken, one of my main characters is a person who had had accidentally shot his best friend when he's young Mm. uh, which is kind of dark yeah the story isn't I mean it doesn't it's not all about that it's like but it gives him his context it gives him his Mm character his context for what he's struggling with and being out in the woods with and kind of the woods is our place where he can kind of escape that whole Mm -hmm. thing and instead he ends up kind of you know rediscovering how to re-enter society yeah yeah that's that's really it sounds like there again that you were able to use the wilderness as a perfect uh, foil or way to draw out um, the darkness from inside him so yeah in so a sharp solitude this one's done really well for you I mean several of your books have been up for some really big awards so don't be modest Tell us about <laughs> tell us about these because we're interested. Okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm well, um, want this. <laughs> so here we are at BoucherCon, right? Yeah. And so um, a sharp solitude was a, a finalist, a nominee for the Barry Award, which is one of five books, and it's um, quite an honor to be a finalist because there's a lot of books, as you know, being at this conference. There's a lot of books. There's a lot of and, books. Um, there's a lot of books in the crime fiction world in general, in, in the genre. So it's, it, I was really honored to be a, a finalist for that. Congratulations. Yeah. You should be. That's and then, wonderful. Um, 
So I've won the Pinkley Prize, which is a wonderful organization from the uh, Women's National Book Association. Mm -hmm. And I've won the High Plains Book Award, which is um, a really uh, great honor as well, because that involves not just mysteries, but all mm -hmm. genres of books. And it's like all the High Plains states, which I, I don't think I can name them all off because there's a lot of them, but includes Wyoming and Montana and Colorado and I think even Nebraska and um, some of the provinces in Canada yeah. is also involved in the High Plains. And so it, it's, it's actually a, a pretty big area that you're competing against a lot of authors and so I've won that that my book Mortal Fall won that award and um, I've won the Silver Fashion Award for my book The Wild Inside which is um, which my, was my first book and it's a really fun book yeah yeah and so of the books and there are how many in the series so far four there are four books so far in the series and I I'm hesitant to even call it a series because they're they're all standalones. They all have their own character that plays through the entire character arc with uh -huh. that character. But what what I do is I pluck side characters and bring right. forth kind of like a number of authors have done it. But the first one on my mind is Town of French, who's mm -hmm. the Dublin murder mystery series where she plucks a side character and brings it forward, and then plucks another side character and brings that one forward in the, right in the next book. And so that's what I've done. But they each stand alone, so you don't have to read them in order. That's good. Yeah. So you can dive in anywhere, which is super cool. Yeah. And of them, is there one you gravitate toward the most and you think, that one has my heart, that one is my favorite child? Or no, are I they really all, can't. They all are all, equally precious. They're all equally <laughs> precious. Like our, like our children <laughs> they, are. Yeah, they were, they're all pretty special to me yeah. yeah I mean the first one's always of course like that first book you spend a lot of time with it because it's the thing that you're trying to break into the market with right and um, so that I think that the first book not just for me but for a lot of authors is very special because it's like it's the book that gets you through the pearly gates of for me, New York publishing, because I'm right. a traditionally published author with, you know, one of the big five. And so to get in through, into that is a, is a really tough thing. Yeah, so it if, is. So if that book can do that for you, that's your baby. Right. Uh, you know, and so, and then that first book, a lot of people always want to start in the beginning. So a lot, you're talking about that first book a lot. Right. It doesn't necessarily mean it's more special. It's, it's special in that way. It doesn't necessarily mean it's better right because honestly your writing probably improves as exactly you go along as yeah a writer right a right bit. you evolve you get you learn yeah. and you connect with your readers and you connect with the characters as you're saying and spinning them off and it can't help but yeah. develop you too as your characters develop yeah. and but it's also usually the one you've spent the most time on as well because the pace picks up once you're under contract right right and you've got these delivery dates but you the first one you get to snuggle up with it for a while, you, you know. Yeah, you do. <laughs> sometimes <Yeah>. years. <laughs> sometimes years. Sometimes that's the way yeah. that goes. Yeah. yeah, and sometimes you really hate it by the time you're done, but it's still <laughs> special. <laughs> and so now, did you always picture yourself, plan to be, prepare yourself to be a novelist? Or was this something that came as a... Um, choice somewhere along the way to deviate path from something you were doing before is this so it's kind of um steven spielberg has this quote about that your dreams 
I'll butcher the quote. I won't get it <laughs> exactly right, but it's something about that your dreams don't shout at you. They whisper to you. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that I can say that the whisper has always been there um, yeah. at least since, I want to say high school-ish uh, yeah. or, or a little after high school, early days of college maybe. I've had this whisper that I've wanted to be a novelist, which at the time felt like a kind of a crazy notion. Like, why? Why Why do you have to, you know, it's this little tiny whisper that I just kind of ignored. Like, well, who am I to think I could be a novelist? And <laughs> like, I, you know, I don't know how to write. Like, why am I, not like that. Why do I think I want this? And right. so it's an odd thing to have this calling to something, um, you know, and I think you identify it the most when you read other great books that you love. And that's when you really go, I want to do that. When you have that strong pull towards something and that and it gets stronger and stronger and stronger and it kind of goes if you don't acknowledge that whisper early on it 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 can become a shout later on in life yeah and that's kind of what happened to me is that i i got, it got to the point where i did have to make a choice like okay now i'm gonna i'm gonna do this i'm gonna go for yeah. it because yeah. it's now a shout that i should do this <laughs> instead of just like this thing i could maybe dabble with when i was younger right Right. Well, you know, and and it's if it's been there and you know that it's going to happen eventually, you have to give in. But then, it, I don't know about you, but that whisper that, that becomes the shout, then it's something that won't ever let go of you again. I try to take breaks. Like I'll say, look, I'm going to just, I'm going to take a month I off. I do too. Yeah. I took like work. a 10 year break. Yeah. Because I was like, this is not for me. Who do I, who do I think I am? Yeah. Trying to, you know get an agent and do all this stuff you know when I don't even know what I'm doing and you know you, it's a it's a self confidence it's a oh, yeah. act of self confidence you feel like a pretender yourself yeah. out there like that you feel like a fraud mm-hmm. and so um, and I had gone through uh, divorce and so and I was a single mom and so I thought you know um, I'm gonna go into I went into survival mode it's like I'm gonna put mm-hmm. this writing thing aside this just isn't for me I gotta right. like make some money and do something right. else right this is and irresponsible this is yeah yeah mm-hmm. and so I did for over 10 years and I think that's when the whisper went to a shout because mm-hmm. I was shoving it away for yeah, over a decade you're killing your so soul that's slowly. when I came back to it and when I came back to it I came back to it very deliberately like mm-hmm. okay I'm gonna write what I love to read which is crime fiction mm-hmm. and because um, when I dabbled in it earlier I was like just trying to write you know some slice of life thing that you know, in my yeah. in my mind back then, it was the Oprah Book Club was so big, and I was <laughs> like, "Oh, it'll be an Oprah Book Club," or you know, in my dreams. And and um, so when I came back to it, it was so much more honed and different. Like I'm I'm going to write what I really love to read, which mm-hmm. is suspense. It's interesting that you mention that, and I wonder if you ever feel pressure because you write beautifully. I mean, this is this is why her book books win awards. You write beautifully and are able also to carry plot, that do you ever feel a pressure to move into a more literary space? Because this is, you you mentioned being drawn to write what you love. There's a little bit of a pressure in the literary community that genre fiction is not quite as highbrow, you know, as other writing. But some of it is so beautiful. But it's totally unnecessary because there's so much crime fiction so much crime fiction that's just, um, you know, so literary on its own that mm-hmm. I, I, I fail to see that distinction between a really well done literary mm-hmm. or suspense or a suspense novel that happens to be really well written mm-hmm. and a 
novel that maybe doesn't deal with crimes but is still suspenseful because any book you want suspense you want to turn the keep exactly what's going to happen to this character whether it's crime related or not you're you want to be deeply invested and keep those pages turning whether it's you know uh you know a pulitzer kind of prize novel that really keeps you interested and is really well done and really beautifully written or or you know a there happens yeah, to be I mean, dead bodies. Like one of my favorite books is <laughs> Mystic River, and mm-hmm. I find that highly literary. Right. I mean... I agree with you. I agree with you. And being at a conference like this, it really drives that home again. You're sitting down, and what I've been doing is I've been taking snippets of a lot of books I haven't had time to read and just running out and just, I'm just going to read a chapter before I go listen to this person talk on a right, panel. Right. And I'm just floored over and over again by how powerful, how beautiful, how gritty, and how evocative these books are. And I'm just, it's just being in a place like this makes you proud to sit down with a Christine Carbo and to say, I I love writing in this space. I love reading this stuff. I love writing it. And and I can't wait to read yours too. So thank you. Thank thank you you for writing it. Thank you for sitting down and making it possible for us to talk about it. And you you guys, if if they want to learn more about you, is the website just ChristineCarbo.com. Like I said, my books are The Wild Inside, Mortal Fall, The Weight of Night, A Sharp Solitude, and um, yeah. Oh, awesome. Well, so join me in picking up a copy of those and checking them out. And also remember to go back out to the website, PamelaFaganHutchins.com, to the Wine, Women, and Writing page, where you can see the books for the upcoming shows. And maybe that's that's what you did for this one. And by when it aired, you'd already read the... um, Oh, God, now I'm going to blank out. This is what happens when you're drinking at a conference and then try to do interviews the next day with The Sharp Solitude. Ha, it came back to me. Um, So maybe you've already read The Sharp Solitude by the time this airs. But also look for the other authors that I have upcoming on the schedule and be sure to check those books out as well. This is the point in the show where I have to be really boring and say this has been a solely owned and copyrighted production of Authors on the Air, Global Radio Network. And Wine, Women, and Writing is the joint brainchild of my producer Pam Stack and me and I can't thank her enough for giving us the opportunity to sit down author to author have chats and hopefully help you find your next wonderful author to follow in your next great read so you guys go out and have a great week and again thanks it's fun bye guys